This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And good morning, golfers. Another beautiful Saturday morning. Should I say that? It's not really. <laughs> We're getting closer. Uh, it's drizzling outside oh. in the Toronto area where you're listening. I hope it's a little bit brighter, but um, yeah. golf season has started, and it hasn't been a very kind start. Uh, no. Bob Weeks here along with Adam Scully. Mark Sacchino is away today, and uh, Mr. Scully, your golf course at Bayview, is it open? Bayview opened last Friday, April 26th. Having said that, it was a rain out for the entire day. So it truly <laughs> opened last Saturday. Uh, I teed off at 10.15 a.m. No frost delay, 2 degrees Celsius, felt like minus 4. Four layers, the toque, rain pants, wow. the works. Dedicated. Uh, crazy Canadians would be an understatement. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a slow start all, all over. It's been either rain, which has um, mm-hmm. been causing a lot of problems, and, of course, then there's also... Uh, been some winter damage at some courses have had some Especially trouble up starting north. up yeah, yeah. a little bit further north. Yeah. I know at my course at Weston, they had the men's opening scheduled for last Friday, which was canceled. Of course. And it was rescheduled for yesterday, and canceled. it was canceled. So I think the men's opening is going to be in July. I think yeah, that's the men's opening is going to be in July. It's going to be a cocktail party, <laughs> and they're going to keep it indoors. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, for the next uh, two hours, you can sit here and talk and listen about golf yeah. here with Golf Talk Canada Radio. We have a good show for you ahead today. We're going to talk to Lori Kane. Mm-hmm. She's going to give us some insight into the U.S. Senior Women's Open, which is only going to be undergoing its second year uh, in a couple of weeks. She'll also give us some thoughts on, uh, on Brooke Henderson yeah. and uh, what she sees from the phenom. Uh, we're also going to have a chat with Garrett Rank, NHL referee and uh, tremendous amateur golfer. Probably one of the cooler stories sort of of golf in this country. He's, he's an NHL referee by day and, and qualifies for the U.S. Open last year. That There was a great clip that we that was run on That's Hockey actually last year but, uh, of U.S. Open week where uh, Sidney Crosby was yelling at him on the ice. Yeah, and we cut to Garrett Rank talking about it. It was hilarious. Yeah. Actually, uh, Garrett, in the interview, Garrett says something about, uh, he says he likes to spend his winter getting yelled at yeah. more than he would uh, <laughs> being a professional golfer. But uh, he's made it through the first stage of the U.S. Open, so we'll talk to him. He was actually... Actually, I interviewed him yesterday in an interesting spot. He yes. was actually, uh, well, I won't give it away. I'll talk to you. It's quite a car. He was on a car ride with some other Canadians, and I'll, we'll fill you in on that. Uh, we're also, of course, 20 weeks of TaylorMade is here. Uh, we got Winners Weird and What. We got all sorts of stuff to get to. Uh, but first, let's go to some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Bushnell Golf for precision in any condition. Visit bushnellgolf.com. Bushnell, the number one rangefinder in golf. Well, uh, Mr. Woods, uh, no stranger to getting trophies and honors and all sorts of stuff. Usually he's winning them. This one mm-hmm. he's been given, and it's, I guess, somewhat controversial. On Monday, he's going to be at the White House to receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is uh, the highest uh, civilian honor you can get in the United States, kind of like the Order of Canada would be here yep. in Canada. And Laurie Kane, by the way, is a member of the Order of Canada. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, what, what do you think about this? Uh, I mean... Obviously, anything with the current president of the United States can be a little controversial, and and he is a keen golfer, as we well know, and he's played with Tiger three or four or five times throughout. It's I'm not really sure what to think of it, to be honest. It's it's interesting. I'm sure we'll we'll see sound bites run all across the TSN network and on Golf Talk Canada next week. But um, I guess it's sort of 
for Tiger, I'm just looking at it at a golf perspective. We've spoken about it for the last couple of weeks. You know, he's Tiger's more humanized now. We can relate to him a little more now, and I, I guess Trump is recognizing him. I guess a little for that. What do you think? Uh, I think it's very strange. Yeah. There's been three other golfers who've received this, and that's Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, and Charlie Sifford. Hmm. And they got it sort of towards the end of their careers. I don't think Tiger's over over yet. And it sort of seemed to me that Trump uh, tweeted this out that he was going to do this, um, you know, moments after Tiger yeah, slipped off yeah, the green yeah. jacket. It just seems a little odd. Tiger Tiger does have his Tiger Woods Foundation. And he's done some great work with that. But he's not like Charlie Sifford, where he's changed the face of golf no, or no. stepped into um, like an Arthur Ashe role or, or done For something sure. uh, culturally or socially or something in the United States. But Hey, if the president wants to do it, he he also gave, by the way, posthumously, this president gave this presidential medal of freedom to Elvis Presley and Babe Ruth. So, <laughs> well, now was was Trump's tweet about Tiger was it grammatically correct? Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. about that one. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we'll we'll see what happens. What uh, Tiger? It's an interesting way to prepare for the PGA. Well, and, and speaking of pre- uh, preparation, you know, obviously there was a lot of talk that this week was the week he was going to play, elected not to play. Uh, I know you mentioned on the show a couple weeks ago that you wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't going to play and just go straight from. What what were your thoughts on him well, not playing this week? You know, when you look at the schedule, he said all along he wants to cut back on mm-hmm. the number of tournaments he's going to play. So mm-hmm. I think last year, if you include the Ryder Cup, he played 18 times. Which is crazy. So I think he, he wants to cut something out, um, one or two out here or there. So the only thing I could see in terms of the PJ Tour schedule where he could cut out would be one of these weeks. Yeah. He's not going to miss. He's not going to miss uh, any of the majors. No. He's not going to miss the playoffs. So there's seven right there. He's played a couple at the start of the year. Um, and, and played six times. Yeah. Okay. So he's played six times. So so I think if you look at where he plays next after, I mean, he's going to play the PGA, and then I don't know. Does he is he going to play the Memorial before the U.S. Open? Or yeah, I, see, yeah. I don't know. That's the kind of thing. If I started adding up the numbers, and if he really was going to cut back to say 15. And these are the kind of tournaments I think mm-hmm. he's going to have to miss. And with four ter- four majors in four months, as opposed to before, where you'd have a whole month of May off, um, you know, I don't think it makes as much sense for him to play as many for tournaments sure. in between the majors. For sure. And I, you know, I'm curious, and we'll get, we'll get into this once our PGA Championship show is here. You know, just the the question of rest versus rust. You know, is he going to come out and you know be one or two over par through five holes and essentially? you know, shoot himself out of the tournament, or is he going to, you know, be even keel? And, you know, like at the, at Augusta, he shot two under 70 in the first round just to, to keep himself in the tournament. But, you know, with Tiger, he's always a story, and, you know, the quest for, for number 16 and, and, and onwards, and, and obviously his next win is number 82 as well, which is going to sure. be huge. He, he prepares, I think, for tournaments better than just about anybody. So I think he can do it off the golf course. And interesting in that interview that we're going to hear a little bit from uh, that he did with Golf TV, mm-hmm. he's, he mentioned about how he have found a reliable draw shot and that was while he was practicing so I think he can do that yeah. where some players need to play their way into it for sure so it's a little bit different from him uh Bubba Watson signs with a CBD company and mm. that's interesting because obviously CBD has some controversy behind it but he Bubba says uh, uh he uses this stuff and as he gets older it's helping him overcome aches and pains yep I'm sure he's probably sleeping on the money that they're paying him, which may help as, <laughs> as well. But, but there is some uh, there is some controversy because the PGA Tour has warned players that sometimes the CBD products don't contain exactly what's on the label, and there uh-huh. could be some THC in there, which is a prohibited substance. Right, could be banned. But uh, there's lots of talk that uh, that's what Tiger and Phil were chewing, 
during the Masters, right? Well, which was interesting, and, and there was a video uh, that was, you know, on, on Twitter um, that no one really, or that not, the broadcast didn't catch itself, and was Phil taking a look to be, it was some sort of oil on the 11th fairway at Augusta, whether that was CBD oil or not, and, and obviously, you know, Tiger was chomping on gum for what looked like the first time in his career. Phil won chewing gum back at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Interestingly, though, I noticed in yesterday's uh, broadcast on Golf Channel, it didn't look like Phil was chewing gum. So maybe he ran out of some gum. Maybe he's trying something <laughs> different. But uh, but for Bubba, he was quoted as saying, for me, it was about how I create longevity in the game of golf and spending time with my kids running around. CBD was easily a fit for me. Yeah, and he said he's had gone with a company that has uh, done, a lot, he's done a lot of research on the mm-hmm. company and says there's no products in there that will harm him. Well, we'll see when he gets his next drug test. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Tiger, back to Tiger. How about yeah. the fact that uh, I guess he's not going to stay at the Motel 6 during no. the PGA Championship. No. His yacht, Privacy, a $20 million yacht, is uh, moored very close to um, Bethpage. So apparently that's where he's going to stay, which he's done before. But the, the boat's already there and waiting for him to uh, to arrive. Well, and it helps, uh, you know, because traffic in New York can be crazy. Oh. And I, as you guys know, last year at Shinnecock, what was, the commute was what, an hour and a half, two hours to and from every day? Something? Yeah, it was ridiculous with the traffic, the Long oh Island Expressway. God. Now, this Bethpage is a little bit closer. You don't yeah. have to go all the way out. But basically, it's a one-lane road out, in and out. <laughs> we had to drive to a shuttle and then take the shuttle about an hour. And I think one trip we had was over two hours. Or two and a half hours. Anyway, it's uh, it's a good way to get around it. And, of course, you can sleep in your own bed. And Tiger's yep. had stories over the years where he stayed in hotel beds or rented houses beds where uh, he's gotten bad backs well, and bad necks. Well, of course, last year at the Open Championship when he showed up with KT uh, tape on the back of his neck. And <laughs> people right. were like, Tiger, are you okay? Yeah, I had a bad pillow. Tiger, you make a <laughs> trillion dollars. You don't travel with your own pillow. That's very strange. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Edward, uh, no, uh, Louis Stays, Louis yeah. Stays, yeah, brings his own mattress <laughs> with him, which I think is interesting. Okay. Um, in China, the Volvo mm. China Open, one of the bigger events on the uh, European Tour, a 14-year-old golfer, Quang Yang, he uh, felt he f- finished up his midterm exams and then went and played the tournament and made the cut. Why not? How about that? That's pretty cool. I think he's a 14-year-old. So he hold a putt from about 20 feet on the 18th hole to shoot a second straight 171 to make it to the weekend on the number, and he became the youngest person to make the cut in a regular European Tour event at 14 years, six months, and 12 days. Wow. That's crazy. Pretty crazy and, and had a great fist pump when he made the cut. And, you know, this brings back memories of Wanton Long making the cut at the 2013 Masters. Uh, low amateur there. But, uh, you know, just great for golf to see these young kids developing at such an early age. Um, and uh, let's see what he can do on the weekend. I mean, I'm just looking at pictures of this kid. He, he doesn't even look 14. He looks like he's about 8. <laughs> he's a tiny little guy. He's all dressed in white. He's got... Uh, Got the putter and they got the shoes. He's got, I mean, it's just crazy how small this kid is. But, yeah. um, you know, it shows you in certain ways what's going on in China, even though, you know, golf's supposedly outlawed there mm-hmm. or illegal there. They get all these kids playing up and, um, and I think a lot of it is, is the drive for the Olympics. Oh, 100%. And the Olympics obviously coming up uh, in 2020 uh, in Tokyo. So that's going to be thrilling to watch. But, hey, you know, good for this kid to accomplish this. This is, uh, this is an incredible feat. By the way, Kwong was not the uh, youngest guy in the field. Did you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> There's, there was a kid, Ma Bingwen, who was uh, aged 13. Now, he didn't make the cut. He shot 78-79. So. So, so, you know, he's in grade 8, and he goes and, you know, oh, wow, good for him. Yeah. No <laughs> days off! Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and finally, um, it's always news when Brooke misses a cut. Brooke Henderson missed the cut at the LPGA's Tour Stop this weekend. 
And I was trying to add up a little quickly here before yeah. um, how many times. It's not very many she's missed the cut. It's not very many um, for sure. And, you know, potentially, if you think of it, because she plays so much golf, could this maybe be a blessing in disguise to a degree? I know she's obviously not thinking it that way, but for some more rest, um, you know, instead of finishing, you know, T40 or T30, she's going to have the weekend off. And, um, you know, obviously coming off the win a couple of weeks ago in Hawaii, um, you know, it, it, there's a big, busy stretch of golf coming up for Brooke because she doesn't take any weeks off, that's her, for sure. Yeah, her second uh, her second round, by the way, included zero birdies. Ooh. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Shut out. Brooke as well, yeah. Former shout goalie, shout out. That's yeah. right, exactly right. <laughs> anyway, we'll have a full leaderboard update yep. uh, for you a little bit later in the show. Uh, three Canadians did make the cut, Elena Sharp and AC Tangay and Jacqueline Lee. And Jacqueline Lee and AC Tangay, by the way, oh, are uh, tied for 21st, so good for them. Mm-hmm. Young players uh, can always use a good... Uh, Check to cash. 100%. So that's it for news and headlines. Uh, when we come back, we will talk about uh, the PJ Tour yes. stuff in uh, Wells Fargo, Get bring you up to date on that and hear from some of the players and their rounds. And that's coming up on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks and Adam Scully with you. Mark Sacchino is on a safari. He will not be joining (laughs) us today. Um, Mr. Scully. Yes. Wells Fargo. Yes, no, love it, hate it. What do you like? It's been fun so far. Uh, I'm covering it all weekend for SportsCenter, so I've I've watched everything the first two days. And uh, from what I've seen, I should say, I've really enjoyed it. There was a really interesting um, part with the broadcast. There was no pregame show yesterday. There's typically a Golf Central before Golf Channel, uh, you know, shows their main coverage. And Rory McIlroy finished his round with a double bogey and a bogey. And they kept mentioning it. But they never showed it. Oh, as someone who cuts the highlights, you would be looking yeah. for that. So, you know, it was sort of, hey, where's this double bogey? I don't know. So, wow. uh, so and that was a little weird. But it, it, but all in all, it's a great golf course. Uh, we saw it at the PGA Championship when Justin Thomas won. And that green mile, um, although it hasn't really been showing its teeth so far. No, that's right. Um, like on Thursday, Rory, Rory flew it, I think, 315 and had, wow. you know, a flip wedge in. And he was really, he had made five birdies on his back nine on Thursday. Um, but it's going to be a fun finish for sure. My uh, my recollection of going there for the PGA Championship mm. was when Graham Dillette <laughs> almost went 1-1. He tried to drive a par 4 and hit the flag. 14, yeah. Yeah, and then on 15 uh, almost made a, an ace, or 13, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yep. uh, crazy. Crazy. But uh, the guy at the top of the leaderboard is a, bit, a guy who's been kind of missing in action, Jason Duffner. I mean, that guy has, last year, his, uh, his world ranking went from 41st to 124th. Uh, he missed 11 cuts. I mean, he was playing some pretty bad golf last year and so he changed everything he changed his golf equipment changed his coach uh fired his caddy um he tried to change everything up and it didn't really work until now finally starting to show some well and you mentioned changes here and i think this is just the perfect time uh jason duffner after a second round talked about all of those changes he's made in his game uh this is my fourth caddy of the year so far uh i left chuck cook 
started uh, doing some other things. I uh, started working with Phil Kenyon. Uh, I think I'm on my fourth or fifth putter this year. I'm on my fourth or fifth driver. Uh, my fourth or fifth golf ball. Uh, fourth or fifth lob wedge. I'm trying to find stuff that's gonna work. Uh, you know, my window's pretty short on my career. I've probably got three or four more really good years left in me, so I'm not really um, trying to be mediocre or average. I'm searching for things that are gonna make me a better player, and I felt like that's what I need to do at the end of the year. Uh, I think change can be a good thing. Sometimes it takes a while to find the right fit, and that's just kind of where I've been at. Well, it's uh, it's starting to work for that, him, obviously. That was one of the most interesting sound bites we have ever run on this show. You know, to, to go through all of the changes, to say you only have three or four more years of good golf left in your yeah. career, basically, you know, <laughs> giving up, essentially. But how about the look Jason Duffner was rocking on Thursday? The, corona the, hat? The Corona visor. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it looked like he was wearing one of those fake visors with the hair coming yeah. out because he, he's got some long, luscious locks going right now, too. Not quite Fleetwood-esque, but it's more of like an afro almost. And But with the visor and uh, he is uh, you know good for him for short, sort of making a comeback we obviously remember the 2013 uh, PGA uh, championship and he shot 63 on Friday uh, 63 in a sec in his, it was his lowest round on the tour since Friday of the 2013 PGA championship which went on to win ties the low round of his PGA tour career so good on him uh, yeah and five shots back um, also playing some decent golf is uh, Rory McIlroy yep. we've seen him play well this year obviously he's no big surprise he did have that as you mentioned that double bogey bogey finish yeah. to uh to kind of close things out. It wasn't all that great, but let's hear from Rory McIlroy. Yeah, it's a funny game. I stood up here last night talking about how, you know, that I got the most out of it yesterday, and today it was complete opposite. You know, I, you know, I, it, I turned a 66 into a 70. So, um, look, golf, it's a, it's a funny game, and these things happen. And, uh, but yeah, you know, still right there going into the weekend. So, um, you just need to try and, you know, shake off that bad start or sorry, bad finish. Uh, today and, and get off to a good start tomorrow. It'd be interesting to see what uh, what Rory does for the next two rounds. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of interested to see where his game's at. Sort of expected more of him at the Masters, obviously, and uh, after the great performance at the Players' Championship and now, you know, heading into the PGA, see where he is. Seven top tens this year, and today's a special day for Rory McIlroy. 30th birthday. 30th birthday. The wow. big 3-0. The big 3-0. Yeah. Yes. Happy and, birthday. It's crazy, you know, to think, you know, after Rory won the Players' Championship, he's talking about the next phase of his career coming up. And now he's he's turning 30, so I guess this is literally the next phase of his this career. This is the start. This, it starts today. Yeah, starts right now. <laughs> oh, no. So, I mean, watching Rory on Thursday, it looked like he was going to win by nine. And obviously, yeah. you know, yesterday happened his finish. And allegedly on that eighth hole, he had 55 yards in on a par four and made six. So you wonder what happened there. But, you know, Rory's had a great record at Quail Hall. Um, you know, since 2010, he leads everyone score to par, scoring average birdies, eagles per round, greens and reg, rounds in the 16s, rounds of 66 or better, and uh, rounds with four-plus strokes gained tee to green. So he's essentially dominated the place. Didn't do T18 at the PGA when it was uh, at Quail Hollow in 2017, which is a little puzzling. Uh, but with Rory, as it always is, as, we, as Mark you know, mentioned so many times, it's all about his wedge game and his yeah. putting. Yeah, you his know. wedge game, and he admits that yeah. uh, very much. And, and quite often, actually. <laughs> yeah. about it. Another guy, we were talking about Jason Duffner undergoing some changes. Another guy who's up on the leaderboard, and they um, were used to seeing it, but not so much this year, is uh, is Patrick Reed, yeah. Captain America, who um, fired a say, 66 on Friday at Quail mm -hmm. Hollow. So that's a good round for him, and nice to see him going in the right direction after a 63 on the opening round. Let's hear from Patrick Reed. 
I really don't feel like I need to change anything. I just need to hit the ball kind of like I did yesterday for the weekend and, uh, you know, just keep get the putter, give, give myself opportunities with my putter. If I do that, then, uh, you know, there's low ones out there. And, you know, it just kind of all depends what the weather does and what the leaders do because, you know, the low scores seem to always kind of come kind of in the morning. So with playing in the afternoon, you know, when you get firmer and faster greens, you, you know, two, three, four under par is a good round. Uh, Reed has been talking about changing some sw- stuff with his swing. He's been working with David Ledbetter, as mm-hmm. we know. And he's been trying to shorten up his backswing a little bit to try and um, avoid getting out of rhythm and out of sync. So we'll see if that works for the next two rounds on the weekend. And uh, a guy who's been up at the top of the world rankings at different points during this mm-hmm. year and made the uh, club switch to Hanma this year is Justin Rose. Let's hear from him. If the golf course is tough, it offers you a little bit of a chance to play catch-up if you play a great round, but that, that catch-up round is hard to find. So, you know, you don't want to give yourself too much work to do on this kind of golf course. You want to be able to be up there, you know, and a- able to play patient. And I think, obviously, 500 gives me the opportunity to go out and not change my game plan going into tomorrow. Uh, Justin Rose has been kind of an unusual guy. He won, obviously, earlier in the year. But then last week he was, uh, in the last couple of tournaments he's played, he's kind of been... A little bit scattered, I think, and certainly the uh, in f- the first round he was a little bit scattered with a bunch of bogeys on the back nine to kind of ruin his his day. But bogey free yesterday in round two, and he looked a lot better. I found, thought he looked as good as I've seen him look since that win. It looked a lot better for sure. And we mentioned off the top how honest golfers can be in their press conferences. And Justin Rose before was saying, "I have no idea where my game is at right yeah. now." So you know, good for you, Justin. Obviously, you won up Tory Pines. Um, he was a lot of people's favorite, uh, you know, to win the Masters and, you know, 75, 73 there. Uh, he couldn't make anything inside four feet, which was puzzling. Um, but it looks like his game is heading in the right direction. And and he was talking as well about changing his prep for the majors, how he seemed he was a little burnt out by the time, you know, Wednesday came around. So yep. he might try to do some prep early, take a Monday off, go back, play nine holes, that sort of thing. We've seen, obviously, Tiger and Rory do the same sort of thing as well. It's interesting to uh, his the driver he's using this new Hanma club apparently catching a lot of eyes and people were actually checking to see if it was illegal Ooh. a little bit hot there was Ooh. some or suggesting people were suggesting it was a little bit hot yeah uh, it's passed all the tests apparently but uh, but he's uh, I'm just wanted to find that so he's actually 11th in driving distance for the first two rounds and, and you would never you know think of ju- you, no. you know Justin Rose hits the ball a long way but never as a bomber no. so to speak yeah. interesting, interesting interesting stuff. All right, when we come back, uh, we are going to dive into the f- our favorite part of the show. Yes. It's Winners, Weird, and What. That's next on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twist Face M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks along with producer Adam Scully. Mark Sacchino is skydiving this week. Um, we uh, wanted to get into the winner's weird and, and what, of course, our favorite part of the show and lots of weird stuff this week. Uh, I, had, I don't know. I had too many of them to, to pick from. I don't know about you, but there was a oh, lot yeah. of weird stuff going on in the game of golf this week. But uh, uh, this week, I have the tee. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. Ah! Look, it went further than your ball. 
All right, my winner this week is a guy who uh, took a brave step, Eduardo Molinari, the brother of the uh, Open champion, who put a tweet out and said, um, if this tweet, he's talking about slow play. He is really trying to do something, and a number of players are really trying to do, um, find some kind of solution to get guys speeding up because the, the pace of, of rounds these days is like five and a half slow. hours and stuff and crazy. So Molinari said, if this tweet about slow play gets certain, I think, a thousand retweets, he would publish put out the confidential list that players are given uh, on the European tour that shows players who were timed and players who had infractions. And you can go onto his Twitter feed and you can find this. And it's fascinating. I mean, I think this was obviously done over a couple of different tournaments. It must have been the Masters, including the Masters, because there's some, like, Corey Connors is here and Mike Weir is on here. But essentially, they show the player, they show the number of times they were timed and whether or not they they actually had... uh, uh, caused an infraction, gone over the time. And it's and as he says here in his tweet, uh, there are a few usual suspects and a few surprises. There's a couple of guys in here that you would think would be slow, like um, Bernard Longer, who <laughs> went over one, I think, on this list. And there's a few other guys in here that you sort of shake your head at and go, yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I, was John Rahm on there three times, I want to say? I think I, so, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So there's a few guys in here in this list that are very, very strange and, and maybe not necessarily... Um, uh, surprising, but Adrian or- Otegu got uh, two bad times and was fined three thousand dollars. Well, like at, at some point, like you know, three grand to a lot of these guys is nothing. Like at, this isn't going to change un- until someone gets a penalty on Sunday. I, I yeah. really believe, yeah. and um, un- until then, we're, we're, people are just sort of going to beat around the issue, and we're not going to see anything happen, which is unfortunate because these rounds of golf. You know, I I still look back to the Genesis Open where it was uh, Justin Thomas, J.B. Holmes. And I can't think of who the third was at this point, but they played the their there were a threesome, and they played the front nine in two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like paint drying. Yeah, uh, Louis Oosthuizen is another guy here who got fined three thousand dollars for a couple mm. of bad times. But you're right, for those guys, three thousand dollars if it's, he takes an extra minute on a putt that could be worth twenty thousand. You know, is it worth it to him? Exactly. Seems that way. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and you, you look at how, and yes, that you know the guys need to see every angle and pull out the green reading book. But you know, like I said, this isn't going to change unless someone um, you know gets called on a penalty at an important time, whether it's the weekend of a major, it's it's on a Friday of a major to miss the cut, or you know it's Sunday at you know at a PJ tournament or an actual major championship. My weird this week uh, is over in Dubai. The LET, which is the Ladies European Tour, is playing an event under the lights. So obviously in, in this time of year in Dubai, it's pretty hot. So they didn't want to uh, necessarily play um, during the day, during the middle of the day when it's really hot. So they said, hey, why don't we play at this uh, uh, tournament in this golf course, the Emirates Golf Club, which has lights because a lot of people play at night. So they're having the first ever um, nightlight golf course at the Omega Dubai Moonlight Classic, which is an interesting. Fitting. Yeah, it's, and it's kind of neat to watch these guys when women play. And I'm starting to think, wow, I wonder if this would be uh, possible if you could do it more like in prime time for golfers. Well, you know, obviously, you, you know, they've they've tried, you know, some of that Monday on ABC, the Monday nights. Um, I can't think of the name right now, but you know, and then you think of Battle you know, of Bighorn, the Battle of Bighorn, or or the great match that was in November, the Tiger Phil, <laughs> that playoff, how thrilling that was, and actually thrilling, well, yes, that might be a just word. riveting television, of <laughs> yeah. course. But one memory I actually had of Under the Lights was when we were watching the Presidents Cup in Korea in 2015. It was about five in the 
morning here, and they were playing in pitch dark. Yeah. And and they turned the scoreboards on, so like it was That's a right. reflection. It was like TV lights essentially. Yeah. Just so they could see the putt and Jason Day and Charles Schwartz were running around laughing, and that's my best memory of Under the Lights. There was sure. another. Uh, there was a video last week of um, I think it was Abraham Answer and Johnny Vegas playing with Adam Scott and uh, yeah, yeah. Jason Day, <laughs> yeah. and they were good. running to finish their round. At, uh, and they, I, you can, boy, these guys are not runners. You could tell the way no. they were kind of lumbering down there to try and get finished before the dark um, came and, and suspended play. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, and my, uh, my uh, what this week is, uh, what an interesting report that we have from yes. the National Golf Foundation in the United States. So they came out with a study that says, this is in, for uh, National Golf Day, which was this week on uh, May 1st, both in the States and in Canada. And it said, the latest golf industry report that was released, 74 million people watched or read about golf in 2018 without actually playing. So that's an increase of 12%. So people are tuned into golf, but they don't go and play golf, which is, should at first it was surprising to me. Then I thought, well, why should that be surprising? I, mean, I watch hockey and I don't play hockey. Um, but it's, it's obviously attributable to, to Tiger Woods. When you think about what happened That's last exactly. year, he was in the hunt in two major championships, so that drove a lot of attention, obviously. He came back with his, um, after his uh, final fusion. But it's an interesting number, 74 million people. So there's, there's 74 million f- golf fans in the States who are not golfers. Yeah, yeah, and but you know it makes sense to to think that um, you know the average sports fan, um, you know, if you talk to people you know around here or buddies or friends or whatever, and, and you know if if Tiger Woods isn't in the field, the chances are potentially they're not the, the chances aren't high that they're going to watch a final round of a tournament. But if Tiger's playing, not not just because of what has happened in the last three years with Tiger, but just because of who he is, you know, obviously you know the history of how good he is as a as a as a player, one of the best of all time, more people are going to tune in, and, and uh, I find that number really interesting. Yeah, interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Scully, the tea is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, Bob, my winner this week, uh, Phil Mickelson. Ever since Phil Mickelson has joined Twitter... <laughs> His social media game is strong. You know, we've seen uh, he's been feeling it at times. Uh, you know, he's, he's had some great terms uh, on Twitter. Um, his video going up Magnolia Lane hitting bombs, bombs was uh, tremendous. And little shade at Cooch there at times. That was just it was hilarious. But now he's released. He has he, talked about his calves uh, because now on the PGA Tour, you can wear shorts and practice rounds. And so, you know, Phil likes to, you know, do things maybe a little over the top more than some other players. And and uh, so he's showing off his his calves. And um, he, he posted a, a, a video that is. Uh, a minute and 39 seconds of calf workout. So uh, parts one and two, actually, I should say before, were, were him sitting on a couch and sort of flexing and, and pushing his calves sort of back and forth. And he, his instruction is hilarious. I'd recommend going on his Twitter account. But now in this video, he's actually going on a Smith machine on a squat rack and is, is literally going on his tippy toes back and forth, if you can picture that. Um, and, of course, the camera is zoomed in. Maybe that's Tim Mickelson right on his calves. So, you know, good for <laughs> Phil, though, to sort of um, show his personality off. We, we, know, he's, uh, we know he's a pretty uh, outgoing guy, and to see this on social media has been great. He's got a really good sense of humor. It's, it's, uh, he's, he's a, 
a smart guy, almost too smart sometimes yeah. for his own good, but uh, but I think he's having some fun with uh, with social media and reaching out to people. Yeah, he's having a lot of fun with it, and, and good to see Phil uh, do that. Now, now, my weird, speaking of social media, this came out uh, recently. We had a best of show last week, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but um, Golf TV released uh, the first interview with Tiger Postmasters, which we will hear later in the show, but that same day, they released a video giving Tiger a cake, you know, commemorating him for his win, a great moment. But they, they, there was a camera showing Tiger getting out of his car and walking to get this cake. And this created an absolute rift on, on social media because it looked like he was walking like a 90-year-old. It was a 90-year-old yeah. man. It was puzzling. It looked like he'd either just deadlifted 500 pounds or, <laughs> you know, he, would, he was literally just hobbling, as he says in this interview, hobbling like a duck. And uh, it was it was. It was kind of scary to see, actually, you know, to think that he won the Masters two weeks previous and he's walking around like this. Of course, the next day, Golf TV did release a video of him hitting golf balls and looking right. regular. But right. still, I mean, a little strange for that video to be posted. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that whole Golf TV relationship to me is weird. It's like having your own media company kind yeah. of thing. It's, it's a strange one. But you're right. I saw him there and I thought my first reaction was, okay, it's been leg day or something. And he's just walk- he looked stiff, but he didn't look. He didn't look injured to me. He just looked like he was, like you said, it was a leg day or something, and he'd been going out there. But it was a weird, um, if you're going to try and use Tiger as your promotional piece yeah. or your, your lead, why you would put that up there? Well, especially the angle they posted. Yeah. Like, it was basically from behind. So you sort of see him sort of, like, hobble around. Yeah. And w- when, when he walks up to get his cake, he's sort of waving his arms, and he can't really move his legs. But, <laughs> hey, as long as you're okay, Tiger, the game is golf is good. That's so, right. um, I, I, as long we'll see, as We'll okay. see him if he hobbles up to get his middle. Yeah. <laughs> now my what this week? We're going. We're talking about Phil again here, but in a, in a different scenario. Uh, Keith Mitchell took a photo of Phil <laughs> sleeping in the locker room. So he is. He's totally. He's passed out. He's fast asleep, lying on a bench. He's lying on a bench, and the bench looks. Uh, it doesn't look that you know thick. So I, I guess he's found a way to get comfortable. Uh, he's got one hand on his chest, one behind his head, um, and. The best is the caption, though. So Keith Mitchell's caption on Instagram. Um, what do I do? Option one, wake up Phil to get my shoes out of my locker, play pro in my running shoes. Or option three, wa- walk around the corner, find Lucas Glover, and tell stories really loud and hope Phil <laughs> yeah, wakes up. Yeah. Uh, so the power of social media has been a great thing for golf, in all in all. And, and Phil, for that reason, uh, dominates my three-dump this week. It was perfect. I think that uh, that was pretty funny for a guy like uh, Keith Mitchell. Just to show you, like, there's a guy you don't know a lot about necessarily. Uh-huh. Unless you're a big Keith Mitchell yeah. fan. Now you find that... He's got quite a good sense of humor. Well, and for a while, you know, for a little bit, it was Kevin Mitchell and Keith Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. What, what's his name? <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd love it if he would uh, if he would tell us what he did. I don't yes. Know if, he, if he woke him up or not. Yes, but, I uh, don't think there was a follow-up. No, post, there so were... hopefully someone in the media tracks him down. <laughs> there, there wasn't. Um, oh, well, funny. anyway, it's as I said, it's uh, there's no shortage of stuff to be talking about this week, which is interesting. It's not a, it's sort of the dead time in between majors. I always find. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know, obviously, you know, for major championships, our winners, weird and what, are always you know wild. You look back at the Masters, there was so much that went on on the golf course that was just so weird, and um, but it's just a good week for weird stuff in the wacky world of golf. All right. Well, uh, when we come back, we're going to take a little break here now, and when we come back, we're going to hear from uh, Garrett Rank who, uh, as we know, is the NHL referee. And um, he actually, you know, he talks about the playoffs and Mm -hmm. he talks about his work and he talks about his golf. He's an amazing golfer. Um, Do you think he could be a pro? I think he could be. I think he could too. Yeah. If if, if he puts his full mind to it, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll hear from him and find out what he's been up to and how he qualified for the, through the local qualifying 
at the U.S. Open uh, stage, and uh, we'll hear from him right when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Uh, Bob Weeks along with Adam Scully. Mark Zacchino is scuba diving in... Uh, Trinidad, I think, is yeah. what he said? Is that yeah, what he said? Trinidad, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, he'll be back next week, and he'll be back, obviously, for Golf Talk Canada Television on Tuesday. Speaking of Golf Talk Canada Television, ah. we have a lot of uh, extra bonus special television hours, minutes uh, coming up because we've got a lot of one-hour-long shows ahead of certain events. Why don't you give us yeah, a Yeah, I'll, I'll give you guys the rundown here. So this week coming up is a half-an-hour show. Uh, we'll look back at the Wells Fargo. We'll, we'll hear from uh, Tiger Woods uh, at the White House. We'll, and give a, we'll, we'll give away an M5 fairway. We're giving away an M5 fairway on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. The following two weeks are the PGA Championship preview and recap shows. Um, the following week we have um, a half-an-hour show on the Memorial, and then we're going to be at the Canadian Open for our show, our 60-minute preview show, and then we have a 60-minute wrap-up show talking Canadian, RBC Canadian Open, and then the U.S. Open preview, and then a, another 60-minute show wrapping up the U.S. Open. So there's going to be a lot of Golf Talk Canada busy. across the TSN network. Busy, sure. busy time of year, and of course, it's also uh, busy in the hockey world. How about the Carolina Hurricane last night? How about the storm surge? A bunch wow. of jerks. They pull it off. That's amazing. They uh, they sweep the New York Islanders. They I never would have thought that. Sweep, yeah, yeah. They sweep the Islanders, and they've they've made the playoffs four times since 2002. Have made the conference finals every time since. That's crazy, that. crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to bring that up because oh. our next guest uh, we're going to hear from is a guy who makes his living. Inside the glass, yes. as he says. Um, he's uh, an NHL referee, Garrett Rank, who also happens to be one of this country's top amateur golfers. And he recently, uh, in fact, just this week on Monday, uh, made it through local qualifying for the U.S. Open. That's the tournament he played in last year. He made it through two stages last year to get in there, and he wants to get his way back. And I had a chance to speak with him while he was on the road, which he'll explain in this interview. Let's hear from Garrett Rank. And join now uh, on a car ride with uh, a couple other Canadian golfers in, in the car on his way to the Kentucky Derby is uh, Garrett Rank. And uh, Garrett, first of all, explain explain this car ride. What's going on there? Um, uh, the four of us are just headed up to the Kentucky Derby to spend the day watching uh, the race course and uh, kind of for the moment decision. Taylor was headed back to Toronto uh, to get his golf season started and um, Corey and Al wanted to go, and uh, I needed to get back to Toronto, so uh, kind of an easy decision for me, and uh, a little bit of uh, postseason uh, vacation, and I guess preseason for them. <laughs> well, that's good. Enjoy the enjoy the race, but uh, let's talk a little bit about golf. You have once again uh, made it through the uh, the local qualifying for the U.S. Open. I know you're playing it uh, down in Florida. Give us a little update on on how that went and how you managed to get yourself through to the next sectional. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday uh, in Orlando at Howie in the Hills, the uh, Mission Inn course. Um, played uh, half decent, uh, had a really good putting round, uh, 26 putts, and um, made a couple mid-range birdie putts early in the round, which uh, helped the confidence. And um, 
Yeah, just starting uh, golf season again after hockey wrapped up and, uh, you know, finding motivation with uh, Corey obviously winning and uh, Tiger taking down the uh, Masters was pretty inspiring as well. So excited to get the golf season going and um, step one of getting back to the Open accomplished. Um, how, how long ago did you finish the hockey season and how much time have you had to practice before you uh, went to your local qualifier? Uh, last Monday, I was a standby official for Game 6 of uh, Nashville at Dallas. And then uh, I, went to, uh, I went to Florida after that, worked on my game for about a week and a half, uh, played uh, the Coleman Invitational at Seminole, and then uh, spent a few days practicing before the uh, qualifier. And, and obviously now you'll be on to the sectional qualifying. What would it mean for you to get back into the U.S. Open after your play there last year? Yeah, really motivated to get back. Uh, it was a huge drill and uh, gave me a lot of confidence going into the summer last year. And uh, now that I've experienced once um, and, you know, enjoyed my time there and kind of soaked it all in, it'd be nice to uh, get back there and go there with a different attitude and different mindset this year to try and do well and, uh, you know, potentially open up some doors uh, on the golf side of things. You've uh, you've had this long, great amateur career and, and – uh... I know there's kind of a circuit of all you sort of you guys play as amateur players, and, and the majority of those guys you're going against are, are college players. But what's it like for that group, that select group of what we say uh, maybe a little older uh, guys who prefer to stay amateur? Uh, you guys have sort of a camaraderie, don't you, through the summer? Yeah, we call it the cocktail circuit. And uh, <laughs> I, know, uh, I know a lot of uh, the guys out there, including myself, are really motivated by – these young guys and wanting to beat them and compete against them and um, you know with the with the Scott Harveys and the Stuart Hagestads and the Nathan Smith um, you know those guys have had a lot of success at the USJ level and have played in the Masters and have qualified for a uh, number of uh, US Opens so just seeing those guys do it um, knowing that um, you know there's a chance or there's availability in the pro game for them to come out and play you know, a couple of weeks of summer is uh, really motivating for me and, and just shows that it can be done. So so what's the schedule look like? Obviously, you're going to play your fair share of, uh, of USGA events and qualifying, I guess, and also some on, on, up in Canada as well. Uh, yeah, going to play uh, going to play the USGA qualifiers for the uh, Open and for the amateur, going to play the Ontario Amp, uh, going to play some of the uh, invitationals in the summer, and I'd like to like to do a couple qualifiers for either the web.com or for the uh, PGA Tour Canada stuff uh, in the summer to try and get a few events in there just to see where my game's at and uh, get some experience. Still still no plans, though, to, to make this your livelihood. You're happy uh, breaking up fights and calling penalties? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very happy in the winter time getting yelled at, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's a great job. Have a lot have a lot of fun doing it, travel, and uh, just being inside the glass with the hockey. Um, you know, if uh, if I qualify for the U.S. Open and 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 win, or play, get into the Canadian Open and and win there, or Monday qualify for an event and and win there, then yeah, that thing cha- that changes things. Maybe uh, we'll consider playing golf for a living. But um, at the time, just working on my my golf game as as hard as most professionals do, and uh, you know, trying to create opportunities uh, on the golf side of things where. So maybe one day I I could make the decision to play pro golf and uh, and have some status somewhere. But until I have guaranteed starts or a status on a tour, I'm very happy with officiating hockey and uh, and playing golf uh, as much as I can in the summertime. 
Are you? Uh, I have to ask you some hockey questions. Are you shocked at all of the results in the first round? Um, a few of those series, yes. Um, I knew uh, I knew a couple of the teams were were going to be trouble for some of the higher seeds. Um, it just shows uh, the parity that the NHL has right now with uh, you know uh, I guess six of the eight lower seeds advancing in the first round. Um, uh, you know, any team on any given night can go and win, and uh, um, it's cool to see for the league and um, creates a lot of great storylines and, uh, you know, some good rivalries moving forward in the future. Okay, so you're on a 14-hour ride. How many hours of that ride do you think Corey Connors will whine about the Leafs? <laughs> uh, we haven't got any hours yet, uh, but uh, we, we've, we've talked about the playoffs talked a little bit about the Leafs, and uh, I mean, I don't think he's none too happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'll let you continue your drive. Enjoy the uh, Kentucky Derby, the most exciting two minutes in sports course. It's going to be on uh, TSN, so that's always good as well. So uh, enjoy it, and we'll catch up to you later in the summer. Awesome, Bob. Thanks. And there he is, uh, Garrett Rank, who's going to be at Churchill. No, it's going to be at uh, Kentucky today for the uh, Kentucky Derby, which is also on TSN. Yep. And he said he's going to pick number seven. Of course. Of course, number seven. seven. Maximum security. That's the name of that horse. So, <laughs> All right. When we come back, second hour of Golf Talk Canada ahead. Lots to get to, including Tiger Woods. And we'll chat with Lori Kane about uh, the upcoming U.S. Senior Women's Open. That and a lot more on the second hour of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada for blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at golftalkcanada.com. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks along with Adam Scully. Mark Sacchino is away uh, on a dancing lesson. I think he's taking he's dancing learning lessons. It's going to be a new segment on GTC TV. Yeah. Uh, one segment, uh, just Mark dancing. Yeah. Okay, well. Break dancing, actually. Anyway, it's a weekend retreat <laughs> where he's going to learn how to dance, so good for him. Uh, he'll be back uh, on Golf Talk Canada television and radio this coming week. Yes. Um, we are joined now by Justin O'Leary, who is the uh, golf professional, head golf professional at uh, Cedar Bay Golf Club. Justin, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing, guys? I'm good. We're all good here. And uh, we were just checking out your Twitter feed, and we noticed that uh, you're going to be doing a little running this weekend. I am, yeah. I've got the half marathon tomorrow, so it, uh, the, the weather's going to be a little better tomorrow than it is mm-hmm. today, so looking forward to that. Are you running, Bob? I know you're running. I am. I'm not running the same race as you are. I'm running out in Mississauga, the Mississauga half, and there's, it's a big marathon weekend. The Toronto... Uh, Good Life Marathon is going, and the Mississauga Marathon wow. is going at the same time. So, lots of running. Uh, Absolutely, action packed. <laughs> so, give us a little update on uh, on Cedar Bray a Golf Club and and how you came through the winter and how things are going and your uh, your uh, early uh, season happenings up there. For sure, yeah. Well, it was um, very optimistic. We started a little earlier than we expected. We opened on the 25th, so a beautiful sunny day. 
And I think that was the last time we saw the sun. To be honest. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a little damp out there right now, but uh, actually at the club now, our T-sheet's full this morning, which is kind of good. exciting to see everybody back around. Uh, and the weather tomorrow and Monday is looking pretty good, so we're going to hope that's the... Pardon the pun, the TSN turning point. Yeah, uh, perfect. Well, absolutely. And, you know, we talk, uh, you know, throughout the, you know, our time here on GTC, Justin, about, you know, just how good the greens are always are at Cedar Bray. Um, how, how have the greens sort of uh, uh, survived and, and gone through uh, during the winter months here? Uh, I would say we're kind of in the same boat as a, a bunch of other clubs in the area. It's, uh, in all honesty, they're a little rough right now, yeah. but... With the water that we're, it's on the ground and coming from the sky right now, uh, as soon as that sun comes out, it's gonna right. the golf course is gonna boom in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, Cedar Bay is known for the green. So we, uh, uh, I used to work at the National for four years, and uh, obviously the National greens are world renowned. Yeah. Um, and and I, I wouldn't put Cedar Bay right up there with them, but it's very, very, very close. It's, uh, it's always a treat to get out there on those greens. Now, I understand uh, you've got some, some great stories about some of the membership programs that you've had out there and some particular members that have come through uh, some of your, your programs and, and now are staying with us with the golf course for, for whatever reasons, for interesting reasons, actually, I guess I should point it out. Why don't you tell us a little bit about one of those or two of those? For sure, absolutely, yeah. So um, our general manager, Martin Pichet, and I, we kind of make a point to track down our new members and kind of pick their brains a little bit as to why they, why they picked Peter Bray. Um, we've got a couple of younger members in their 30s, um, a couple of the big reasons are a lot of people, A, don't know where Cedar Bray is, um, but we're actually, I live downtown, and we're, we're 30 minutes bang on pretty well downtown. So it's, uh, if you're down on the court, it's such an easy, uh, easy commute up here. Um, from a playing standpoint, there's lots of good players here. I think it was two or three, three years ago, I think we had seven players in the Canadian Amateur, which was wow. the, the wow. highest representation of a club across the country. So. Uh, it, it, if you're a good player and you enjoy the competitive aspect of it, our, our club championship is uh, something to see for sure. I'll bet. And, and then, you know what? I mean, I've, I've been fortunate. I've worked at a bunch of different clubs kind of around the world. And from a membership standpoint, it's probably the most welcoming membership that I've ever been a part of. It's, uh, if you're a new member, the, the existing members reach out, touch base with you, invite you to your games. It's not, we all know a lot of clubs are kind of clicky, so to speak, and it's tough to find a game. But it's, uh, the membership's so welcoming here, it's great. And the new clubhouse obviously must be an attraction as well. It is, yeah. You know what? The new building opened. This is our third full season in the new building. Um, so wow, from a, wow, yeah, we opened October sixteenth. Yeah, it's crazy, and um, it, which is good because I went very slow in the tent. But um, <laughs> it's uh, from a value standpoint, you've got the new clubhouse. The golf course is using great condition, and it's um, from a price point, it's one of the best deals, if not the best deal in the city. I would say for a private club. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, speaking of price points, uh, there's a great program here for, you know, those who are aged uh, 19 to 45 years old. I I personally am in that window. I'm 27 years old. Uh, Just to tell us a little bit about um, that sort of uh, price point option for those, you know, aged between 19 and 45. Absolutely. So we have five levels of intermediate programs, and it's uh it's always nice to be in your 40s and still be an intermediate anything. So it's, uh, it, that, that's a great option for sure. So it's uh, the price kind of it's staggered as you go up, and it, it, the breaks are kind of in your mid 20s and your late 20s and your early mid 30s. And it um, again, it, it ranges anywhere from 1,500 dollars up to about 4,500 dollars, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh, again for what you're getting, quality golf course facilities. It, it's unreal, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I was interested here. There was a, some some notes that were sent over earlier about uh, about the golf course and about 
um, how you can hit, one of your members was talking about how you can hit driver on all the par fours and par fives, which is something that a lot of courses don't mm-hmm. necessarily have, right? I mean, that's a, that's kind of a, a cool part about uh, playing on that golf course is you can probably play it from different lengths that, that are suitable to your, your uh, ability. Absolutely. The, uh, the We've got four different tee boxes, and uh, you can definitely hit driver on every hole, but uh, the big question is, should you hit driver on every hole? <laughs> that's true. But, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> There, there is a, there's some great risk reward holes for sure, um, but you know if you're, if you're hitting it straight, you can certainly kind of take the take, take the big stick out and let it rip for sure. Um, I've tried with success and with failure from time to time, but uh, it, it's great. It's, you know what? It's one of those golf courses, and we've all played them where it just it's different every single day. From um, depending on the tee boxes you play, the, the pin placements, it's it's a different strategy every single day, which makes it super interesting. Well, obviously, you know, Justin, this week was uh, National Golf Day on Wednesday, and we often talk about on this program about the growth uh, of golf in this country, and, and you know, that goes to, to junior golf. Uh, uh, tell us about, you know, some of the junior members uh, at, at, the, at the club at, at Cedar Bay. Yeah, we've got kind of a long-standing junior program, and our director of instruction, Graham Castanero, offers um, some pretty awesome junior camps throughout the season. Uh, the great thing about them is you actually don't have to be a member to take the junior camps. Mm. So yeah, so if um, you know if you want to get your young little guy, little girl into golf, um, you can certainly take them. We run six camps throughout the summer, and they're staggered, and uh, it's they kind of run Monday to Friday, kind of like a daycare almost from from nine till three in the afternoon, and that's a great introduction to the game. Uh, as well, over the past couple of years, we've had uh, a couple of the top rated juniors in the province, from especially in the Bantam level. So our our kind of fourteen to sixteen age group is pretty strong right now. Um, I would like to think I can compete with them, but that's not even the case anymore either. It's, uh, yeah, no, we, and you know what's great about it? Uh, me having grown up on the East Coast in a great junior program, it's fun to see how the membership as a whole welcomes the juniors. So th- there's no stigma of, you know, the juniors are slow. Why are they out there? I can't, I want to play through them. It doesn't really exist here, which is a kind of a breath of fresh air for sure. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, if you want to uh, any more information about Cedar Bay, you can contact the club up there. They've got lots of good membership options. And I'm sure, Justin, you would uh, welcome uh, anyone who wants to come up and have a look around and, uh, and see if, uh, if Cedar Bay is for them. Absolutely. We'd love to host anybody for sure. Okay. Uh, and you got a, have you got a, uh, a target time for tomorrow? Uh, I'm hoping for sub 140. I'm only doing the half marathon tomorrow. So if I'm under oh. 140, I'll be ecstatic. I like how people say I'm only doing the half marathon. <laughs> it's always interesting. Sub 140. You're a good runner. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna good for go you. near that. So uh, good. <laughs> have a great race day. It looks like it's gonna be good uh, weather for it. It's also gonna be great weather for golf. So uh, lots of chances for people to come up and check out Cedar Bray. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. All right. Uh, half marathon. I, I think I would die. No, you wouldn't. Die. No, <laughs> oh, no, you wouldn't die. You could walk. You could. You could walk a half marathon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Here's a story. Actually, so yeah. I had a friend of mine who went to run the Berlin Marathon last year. He got injured, uh, but he still went because he booked his flight and yeah, going to yeah, go yeah, and yeah, spend yeah. a little vacation there. So what he did was he got up really, really early. He took an Uber to the start line. <laughs> they were still setting things up, but he walked the entire course. And the funny part was the uh, like the elite guys ran. The guy who actually set the world record ran pat right past him. <laughs> so when he was very near to the end, and everyone's thinking, "Don't stop! Just keep running, yeah. keep running!" But he didn't realize he was walking the whole race. Oh so my he god! Walked all forty-two kilometers. <laughs> all right. Uh, when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit, dive a little bit more into Tiger Woods. Yeah. Hear from him. Uh, talk about his chances for the PGA Championship. About his boat that's already moored up there, and lots more. That's when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. 
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto, with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks along with Adam Scully. Mark Sacchino is on a spa weekend uh, with the boys. And um, he'll, uh, he'll be joined us uh, again next week. Uh, so after his big win at the Masters, yep. um, Tiger uh, took some time out to chat with Golf TV. Mm. This is a new relationship that he has and with this company that uh, is um, kind of an international broadcaster, but they've, they've got an exclusive arrangement where they get to interview Tiger and after his rounds and after certain things. And obviously after uh, winning the green jacket, he came and, and talked with them. Um, so, so what do you think of this interview? Tell me what you thought. Yeah, you know, it was he was reflective. It was it was nice. He was honest. You know, he was asked about, you know, if he's played any golf and he any if he sort of you know revved up the engine again, if you will. He says, no, I haven't. I, I'm I'm soaking this in. You know, I'm a 43 year old man. You know, with spinal fusion surgery, and I, he's enjoying you know seeing his kids go to soccer practice. And and uh, as I mentioned earlier, he's just a more relatable human being, and right. that's why I think so many people. A got emotional when he won, and you know B are sort of rooting for him because you know before he was sort of this robot, um, and now he's someone who many people can watch and think, hey, you know I I've messed up here, I've messed up there, and and now he's he's almost back on top. All right, let's listen to some of that interview right now. Here is Tiger Woods. So, has it sunk in yet? No. <laughs> no, honestly, it hasn't. Um, I've I've had a few. Um, brief little dinners with some friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been going to and from school and I really haven't done much. Um, my son and I went out to the golf course a couple times, go, go play golf a little bit. Um, the members were fantastic and yeah. lots of hugs. And, uh, but to be honest with you, I really haven't, I haven't seen much, I haven't done much. Uh, I've been basically just relaxing and kind of uh, basically getting away from it. Does it feel surreal still? It does. It does. It, it, honestly, it's hard to believe. You know, I was texting one of my good friends last night um, after soccer practice that you know I couldn't believe that I, I won the tournament. It really hasn't sunk in because um, I haven't started grinding up for another my next event. Yeah. I haven't started you know prepping my body. I haven't started doing anything. I've just, just kind of been laying there, and every now and again. Yeah, I'll look over there on the couch and there's the jacket. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I did pull it off. I did that. Mm. How did you celebrate? I know you said you had a few dinners with friends, but anything else that you kind of tried to capture that moment? The people who I wanted to celebrate with, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, friends and family who are really close to me and are at home. Um, and that's that's about it. And I'll be honest with you, I really haven't done much. Uh, I know that sounds boring, and um, but I really... I really haven't. Uh, I've just been at home and just letting it, like everything thaw out and yeah. just kind of uh, trying to understand what I had accomplished, but I really haven't, I don't, I don't think, I haven't come to grips with it yet. Um, very similar to what it was in 1997, and that took me years to understand what I, what I accomplished, and I don't think this one will settle in for, for quite some time as well. You mentioned that you'd played golf with Charlie. 
has this, and it was special mm. for you having your children there, having your family there. Has this victory earned you any extra cool dad points, or are you just treated <laughs> the same? I'm still the same. They, they uh, still give me a hard time, as, as they should, and yeah. the needles fight right back at them. So that, that that hasn't changed, and I just just think they they I gained a an appreciation for the moment um, because they, they were there when I when I failed. Hmm. Um, I had a chance to win. The last time they came out, I had a chance to win the Open Championship, and they felt the buzz of, you know, dads on top of the board, and I lost, and uh, that sucked. But now they saw me on top of the board, and I, I accomplished it. So, um, two polarizing situations, but I think that they have a, a better appreciation for. It. Well, not, not only that, I think they also understand that when I try and tell them, try and describe how hilly. Augusta National is that they really don't understand until they finally walked it and um, that's one of the things that they keep talking about is you know I can't believe how hilly this place is I said, yeah it's, I told you it's not Florida it's not flat so they were tired afterwards yes they were they were definitely tired <laughs> going back to the start of that week we messaged you said to me this could be a special mm -hmm. one you've since told me I told mm -hmm. you so mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was a special week but what inclination did you have that it would be the week potentially I found a swing in which I could start drawing the ball. You know, because I don't have the length that I used to have, I can't hit three wood anymore off some of these tees. Mm -hmm. um, you saw a couple times down 10, I actually hit driver, uh, which I've never done before. I've lost a little bit off my fastball, so I've got to rely on the driver. And so I found something in, in my game where I start feeling comfortable turning it. And I felt comfortable turning the long irons, the three wood, the five wood, the driver, um, but I, I maintain the ability to hit the slider. And so I'm like, okay, we, we've got something here. What is it about Augusta National that makes it so special for you and your family? Uh, I, I think one, it's just that being the only major championship that never moves. Um, the history behind it, the, the lure of it, just the immaculate conditions. And for me, that's what I remember growing up as a kid, is watching that and, and seeing all the, these flowers blooming in these perfect conditions. There's no rough there at the time. There's no second cut. So everything was all the same length grass. Um, you could see the guys spraying them all over the place, but they kept saying it's a second shot golf course. And you would see numerous players be so defensive on putts. Um, and then you see guys make runs on the back nines and never really understood that until I got there. And then I realized, yeah, that's what can happen. You know, the, the, the ability to, to have two par fives on the back nine that are reachable with iron, it just opens up Pandora's box to the possibilities. And you bring in water on, what, 11, 12, 13, 15, 16. Um, there's so many different things that can happen. And it has happened. And that's. Uh, for me to be a part of that, to have now won it five times, and knowing the fact that I'm going to be, when I first won it, knowing the fact I'll, I'll be coming here for the rest of my life, mm. um, was special. Um, but this one feels special in its own way. It's so different. You know, the, in 2001, I won the Masters to win all four in a row. I defended the very next year. I chipped in at 16 and, and 05, and then this year, it go 14 years between 
uh, jackets is a long time. Um, I've certainly have had my opportunities, but I never did it. And to now finally do it with so many guys with a chance. And then on top of that, to actually have won my first major championship coming from behind yeah. is just so ironic, <laughs> given my situation of my last few years of what I've kind of had to battle through. Uh, that now is the, finally, the time that I finally come <laughs> from behind when I've had more game throughout the years and I've had more runs where I've been in situations where I've been in better spots, less guys I had to you know, leapfrog uh, or I had to battle out and didn't seem to get it done, but for some reason I got it done this, this past week. As you touched on everything that you'd been through, this victory goes beyond golf and sport and is a symbol of overcoming adversity. Mm worldwide now how does that make you feel in yourself no one's perfect and, and everyone has dealt um, cards in their life and obstacles that we all we all have to overcome and some are different than others and to fight um, to get back up and and know that you know this is all not done alone you know I've had a fantastic group of people around me um, and their love and support have, have helped. And then having the kids and their, their love, because they never knew golf to be a, a good thing in my life. It only, the only thing they can remember is that it brought this incredible amount of pain to their dad. And they don't want everyone to see their dad in pain. And so um, to now have them see this side of it, um, the side that I've experienced for so many years of my life, and. Uh, but I had to battle to get back to this point, and it feels good. Now, final thing I've got to ask, you mentioned other majors. Jack's 18 record, mm -hmm. what are you saying? What's in your mind now? Well, I always thought it was possible um, if, if I had everything go my way. You know, it took him an entire career to get to 18. Um, so, you know, now that I've had a, a, another extension to my career, uh, one I didn't think I had a couple years ago. Um, you know, if I, if I do things correctly and everything falls my way, yeah, it's a possibility. You know, it's, I'm never going to say it's not, mm. um, except for a couple years ago when I <laughs> couldn't, couldn't walk. <laughs> um, uh, now it's, I just need to have a lot of things go my way. And you know, who's to say that it, it will or will not happen? I mean, that's what the future holds. I we don't know. And the only thing I can promise you this is that I, I will be prepared. If you think about it, I've been out here, what, since 96, 23 years or so? Uh, it's only come together 15 times. It takes special moments for it all to come together. And, you know, hopefully I can have it come together, you know, down the road more often. But I'm, I'm excited that, that I have this opportunity again. I have this opportunity to play um, in major championships. It's um, last year proved a lot to myself by having the lead at the, at the Open, mm -hmm. having a chance to, to push Brooksy and, and almost steal a PGA. Um, those two major championships allowed me to have this one. And hopefully this one will ha let me, allow me to have a few more. There is Tiger Woods uh, talking with Golf TV and uh, discussing his Masters. And it was interesting, that last little comment about, um, you know, having won this lets him maybe win some more. What do you think? Do you think he can get to 16, 17, and of course, maybe 18. I mean, you know, the conversation is now still a thing, you know, you know, for uh, throughout this comeback, we always talked about, you know, learning how to win again. And obviously, and he talked about that as well, you know, he won the tour championship. 
Um, he was in contention the final two majors last year. He wins the Masters. He has the lowest score to par in the last three major championships. Um, it's certainly possible. Uh, and you look at the courses he's going to, as, as we're going to delve into some essays here that you'll see on TSN Sports Center and Golf Talk Canada, just about these courses set up well for him because he's had past success. They're obviously, you know, uh, Royal Poor Rush, where the Open Championship is this year. That's sort of an unknown to everyone. But then going in the next couple of years, he's going to have some good chances. So uh, it's certainly possible for sure. I think if he does, it's going to have to come um, at the expense of a power game. I don't think he can oh, play a power sure. game with the guys now. Yeah. And that's basically how he won at Augusta National. Was uh-huh. He certainly used his driver, and his driver was a great club, but it wasn't because it was bombing it down there like Brooks Kepko or, or Dustin Johnson or those guys. His iron play is so good. I well, think. well and, and the most, impar- most important part of his game is the six inches between his head. Yeah, exactly. Ears, you know? exactly. Well, when we come back, we'll talk to somebody who knows a lot about winning championships, and uh, she's about to enter a major for the senior women. It's Lori Kane, and she's coming up next on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto, with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks, along with producer Adam Scully. Mark Sacchino is in Dakar on a uh, road rally. Interesting. He'll be uh, hear stories about that when he comes back. Uh, we're joined now on the line by uh, one of the greats in this uh, country in golf, and very happy to have her here. Welcome to uh, Lori Kane. Lori, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm great, Bob. Thanks. Uh, so you are getting ready for the second-ever U.S. Senior Women's Open. I can't believe they haven't had this tournament for a lot longer than just two years, but I'm glad they do have it. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your expectations going into to that tournament, which is going to be at lovely Pine Needles Lodge and Golf Club, which is, I recall, a really hilly golf course. Uh, yes, we've played, uh, I've played two U.S. Opens uh, at Pine Needles, so I'm looking forward to getting back. Um, obviously, we'll have a little bit of a different setup for the senior U.S. Open, but you're right. Um, last year being the inaugural at Chicago Golf Club was something, uh, yes, it should have happened a long time ago, but the fact that we're getting ready for our second is, is really exciting. Uh, for myself personally, um, it's been a weird winter. Uh, I had plans to be in Australia uh, to play six or seven weeks, and uh, funny enough, I got tennis elbow back in October, and I'm still not 100%, but I am definitely making improvements. So um, kind of tempering my expectations, but, uh, you know, going to do the best I can. How much fun is it just to be around the old gang again, as it, as it were? Because I know, I know you're still playing on the LPGA Tour, but, but obviously this is kind of your, uh, your vintage. A lot of these ladies, well, some of them are even earlier than your vintage, but, you know, I'm wondering what you think about the... Uh, oh, it's curving right toward we're hearing a little bit of Simpsons here for some reason, <laughs> but anyway, not sure about that. But, but how much fun is it just to kind of be around with uh, the players that, uh, that you competed against for so many years? Well, I think the history of the game was um, we had an opening reception last year, Bob, and and, uh, I really think that it should have been televised um, because the best of the best and the reason the LPGA Tour is is even in existence um, was on display. And 
to have Joanne Carner uh, playing and shoot her age uh, and as, as competitive as she is, um, some of our younger players and probably this generation of players should have had a look at, at uh, you know, where we've come from, and, and we owe it all to them. I still, um, you know, I was 29 when I, I turned pro and, and subsequently 30, so Joanne Carter and I have that in common in that we got to the tour late. But um, you're right, getting to see old faces and, and just to see what everybody's up to um, and having an opportunity to play and compete, uh, we have to thank the USGA, obviously, for the opportunity, but... Again, um, I'm just tickled that I get out and get to see some people. Nancy Harvey has qualified, so she will come from Australia. She's living in Australia now. So as a Canadian, I'm really looking forward to seeing Harv. And I know um, the rest of us will, will do our best. But um, it's, it's a true uh, opportunity to see where the, you know, the game has gone and, and uh, to thank those that, uh, particularly the older ladies, who have, or older women, I should say, uh, who have helped build this game. I mean, I wouldn't be a member of the tour without them. Now, now, Laura, you mentioned earlier with your injury, and obviously injuries are a part of sport, and it's frustrating. Um, uh, first of all, is it your right or is it your left elbow? It's my left elbow. Okay, so so obviously going into impact, that must be a, a, obviously a bit of you know pain in that sense. What has the rehab been? Has it been frustrating? What's that been like for you? Well, I've been I've been really fortunate. Um, you know, I'm not somebody that uh, uh, you know I'm I'm impatient at times, but mm-hmm. I will listen to the people who know more than I do about injuries and. Um, I was taken really great care of. Top Tier Sports, who looks after the LPGA Tour, um, are close here. I'm, I'm currently right now talking to you from, from Orlando at my place at Lake Nona. Mm-hmm. And so I had some early treatment in October, and, and then I went home, and Colin Moore, uh, who is my PT that I work with on PEI, really got me through the, the hump. Um, because I was home, I wasn't able to work with my trainer, a Thai, and... He is an acupuncturist and um, studies, you know, the alternative medicines. So I'm very lucky and um, that I've been treated really well. And then I was diagnosed by Bill Stanish, who, uh, you know, it, most of us in Canada know Bill as as a top orthopedic um, in Eastern Canada. And um, you know, they basically said you need to just take it easy, and when you're sore, do not do any more. Mm-hmm. And I've listened. Um, it's been frustrating because I've wanted to play, but at times, you know, it's just building back from January, I was practicing for maybe two hours at a time or even less than two hours at a time, hitting like 20 balls, and that, um, that's not normally how uh, this athlete works. Wow, that's, uh, that is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Lori, I know that uh, when Brooke Henderson first came onto the tour, you spent a lot of time... Uh, helping her out, mentoring her, and uh, even before she was on tour, when she was just a, a little little uh, tyke. Um, how impressed are you with what she's been able to accomplish and, and getting to the uh, the eighth win just recently? Extremely. Um, you know, Brooke is is a uh, unique individual. She's we know her as Brooke. She's a you know I think when you go by one name, um, <laughs> you rank right up there with the likes of Annika Tiger and whatnot, but um, the way she carries herself, the work that she's put in, um, I think her sister and she, she and Brittany have a great um, dynamic. Uh, I know that their dad, Dave, is, 
is you know treats it like like she's an athlete and and she's playing the game like an athlete and and as I said last year um you know we as Canadians know goaltenders and know that goalies have a different mindset and I think you know the fact that she spent some time as a goalie as a kid um obviously shows us that she's not afraid to make mistakes and that mistakes will be um you know put to the wayside and uh what she did in Regina last year was incredible um and I figured that a next the next win would come quickly and I was excited to see that she defended in Hawaii um, as Canadians, we do very well in Hawaii. I've won there, Don won there, Lisa <laughs> won right. there. Um, <laughs> so it, it's, uh, there's a little karma over there, which is positive. But, um, you know, she's, she's just she's playing, she's playing the game very athletically, very aggressively, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, fun to watch for sure. And one thing you mentioned there, Laurie, that, that I found quite interesting was was the fact that she was a goalie. And, and you've been quoted uh, before, you know, as saying, as looking at Brooks' goalie eyes, you know, that determination. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, I I saw it last year. Um, she's unflappable, really. She doesn't, um, you know, if a goalie lets a goal in, they have to quickly get back to to where. The process starts again because if not then there's going to be you know um another one scored and in golf we can't hook the goalie <laughs> there's no replacement now however Brittany could play for her if she wanted to because she's got a good game herself but it's it's just uh it's just you know i think first of all she's very athletic she's very she's a small kid um or young lady for as strong as she is she moves it a long way and if you think of the gear that they would have worn, she would have worn mm-hmm. how, stu- how stable she would have been on her skates, and then the mindset. And, and I think I'm most impressed with her mind. And um, I truly would, uh, yeah, I would like to be in that mind uh, in a week's time. You've got a big... Uh relationship with uh, as does Brooke with CP and I know you've done a lot of uh, of um, promoting the upcoming tournament this year and 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 the good causes that CP has CP raises a lot of money for a lot of good causes with this tournament uh, tell us about your uh, your what you're looking forward to this year at Magna well the CP heart has heart program um, we see is huge and and the impact that it has had across our country with the different cities that we've played in and the hospitals that um, work with children's cardiac care. Um, Sick Kids has been named as our recipient, along with um, the local hospital, which I'm going to forget, Southern something <laughs> regional <laughs> um, near Magna. Um, so the, the funds raised will, at Sick Kids, will help um, kind of refurbish uh, a suite, um, a cardiac suite that, that the patients will be looked, at, looked after. And... Um, both Brooke and I are very uh, keen on getting and encouraging people to to mat, you know, donate because CP will match. Um, I'm not sure of any other tournament uh, in golf that that does that with their corporate sponsors. So CP is um, big time into making sure that they give back into the community communities that they do business, and we're obviously very excited to be ambassadors and. Um, I'm I'm pumped that we're coming to the GTA and we're heading to Magna, uh, a course that stands on its own with uh, a great membership, um, a great layout, and to be away from uh, the Men's Open um, later in the summer, um, I'm hoping we have hundreds of thousands of people come watch us. 
That would be great if it was anything like last year. It was uh, certainly an exciting last two years, really, when you think about it. Ottawa was a big hit as well, and it's a great cause. Uh, you heading north to PEI at some point this summer, I'm assuming? I am. I'm, I'm heading. I'll be back home uh, probably near the middle end of May. Um, getting up to Mill River to um, to get some programs underway. Uh, we have a new uh, director of golf, uh, Dallas Desjardins, who is a, is a very guy. prominent, uh, well-known teacher in our area and very big in junior golf. So um, the team at Mill River, along with Mr. McDougall, are going to get some some golf and uh, I'm sure there'll be some lobster for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And definitely a cold beer. <laughs> That's good. Well, Mill River is a wonderful place. People should uh, should make a uh, stop if they're going out to golf at uh, on the beautiful Prince Edward Island. I don't know if there's a better value, better uh, collection of golf courses that you can get to in like 30, 40 minutes from, than there is in Prince Edward Island. It's a wonderful place to play golf. Uh, Laurie, well, you would know that, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. I've spent a little time out there. Uh, Laurie, best of luck at the, at the U.S. Open, and uh, we'll be watching for you, and thank you for spending some time with us this morning. Awesome, guys. Thanks very much. Take care. Thanks, Laurie. There is Laurie Kane, who uh, is, of course, a four-time winner on the LPGA Tour, member of the Order of Canada, um, member of the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. She's basically done it all and is still adding to her resume here with this U.S. Senior Women's Open. Tennis elbow, though. It sounds like you have had some of that. No, oh. I, I haven't. I was just actually curious about the injury and, you know, your right or your left elbow. And, and uh, obviously, as, as we know, you know, rehab and, and, and golf, you know, rehab and, rehabbing an injury for golf can be difficult because you're, you're, you're hitting into the turf, you know, repeatedly and that can yeah. cause pain in your, your joints, your elbows, your wrists, everything, it's, all the above. So all the, all the best to Lori and hopefully she gets 100% very soon. Yeah, well, well hopefully, uh, I know Marianne Hayward also, I saw her this week at the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame celebration, which I'll get into yes. in the next uh, segment, but uh, she's also qualified, wonderful amateur golfer, so we'll have a, a few uh, representatives there mm-hmm. for the tournament. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, update the leaderboards and find out what's going on around uh, this world of ours in, in the game of golf. And that's coming up next on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit muskokabayresort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks along with producer Adam Scully. Now, Mark Sacchino, uh, as you know, as I've been mentioning, is on uh, a ukulele retreat, apparently, yep. in, uh, in Hawaii. He's mm. learning how to play the ukulele this week. That's why he's not here. And we have some, I think we have some music. Do we have some? No, I think we're we're trying to get some, yeah, some of the it's, music, it's, live yeah, music from yeah. you. The, the connection we're we're working. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll see if we can update you guys. Okay, we're going to get to that in just a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to do the leaderboards here, and uh, leaderboard updates are brought to you by the Oshawa Golf and Curling Club. Since 1906, the home of golf in Durham, now offering trial memberships with unlimited access for 2019. To find out how you can join, visit oshawagolf.com. Tradition, community, golf. Hmm. There you go. So. Uh, oh. I think we may, uh, we're, we're still trying to get that exclusive audio. audio. It'd be interesting to go for a, uh, a ukulele camp. I didn't know he was like musically inclined, but, um, I learn new things about Mark Zucchino every day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And take a week off and stuff. Oh, wait, I think, I think I, I think we may have it now. Yes. Here it is. Here it is. Ah, wow. He's good. Mark, is that you? 
Wow. All right, enough of that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get some leaderboards, Bob? Let's update some leaderboards. What's going on in the PGA okay, Tour? Okay, PGA Tour Wells Fargo Championship. Day- Jason Duffner is your 36-hole leader, 11 under par. Joel Damon and Max Homa, a couple of good stories. They're tied for second, one shot off the lead. And Rory McIlroy tied with Patrick Reed. And just uh, no, Justin Rose behind them. Uh, Roy McIlroy, Patrick Reed, they are four shots uh, off the lead. Some Canadian content as we scroll down. Nick Taylor uh, was 67 Thursday, unfortunately 75 on Friday. He is T50 on the golf course right now. Adam Hadwin uh, was even through two rounds. He's teeing off very shortly as well. At the Nashville Golf Open, benefiting the Snedeker Foundation, oh. uh, there's a three-way tie for the lead. Scotty Scheffler. Chase Seifert and Ryan Brem. That's the web.com tour event. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, it's a log jam. Like there's, uh, I'm just looking here, there are uh, like 20 players within about four shots, there three shots of the lead. And uh, unfortunately, uh, none of the Canucks made the cut. Mm. So they're all uh, all hanging around at the back on the bottom end of this, unfortunately. There, uh, they were, they were, um, they had a little bit of rain issues there, mm-hmm. so they just got caught up. Okay. LPGA Mediheal Championship. So Young Yu, your leader, uh, one-shot lead over Ryan O'Toole and Se Young Kim. A couple Canadians to keep in mind for this weekend, Jacqueline Lee, AC Tangay, T21. Uh, right now, Jacqueline Lee was 72-71, as was AC uh, Tangay. Uh, Brooke Henderson misses the cut there. And what? Of course, yeah, Brooke Henderson misses the cut. Uh, <laughs> shocking. Uh, the, the shutout for birdies, unfortunately. Uh, just a, a rare week uh, for Brooke, but Elena Sharp, a Canadian as well, did make the cut. Okay. The Volvo China Open on the European Tour at the Genzon uh, Golf Club, uh, Benjamin Herbert, or I presume he's France, he's French. Hebert. Uh, Hebert. Mm. Benjamin Hebert. He uh, shot a 64 in the third round. He has a one-shot lead over Miko Koronen from Finland. Uh, they, Benjamin Hebert is at 8-under and Koronen is at 7-under. Drops down to 4-under after that. Um... And I think that's right. Oh, no, that's today's rounds. They're 17 under. Sorry. I'll wake up one of these days. It's the last <laughs> segment, right? He bears at 17 under. He's got a three shot lead over Coronin and Campiello. I was looking at today's scores. This, that's okay. Uh, do you know the website on the European Tour? It's, it's very confusing. Really like it, but, yeah. Uh, but Richard T. Lee, Canadian, is, uh, is at eight under. He's tied for 23rd at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, he won. Uh, he won on the Korean Tour mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. So that's uh, nice for him. And uh, that's it from Europe. Uh, except for our friend, uh, the amateur Ginzin. Ch- uh, ch- no, what am I looking for? The, Go the ahead. 14, oh, yes. Okay. Such an idiot. Here. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. All I right. Am. PGA Tour Latino America giving a special shout out Canadian Russell Budd. He is one shot off the lead right now. He was in contention as well last week on PGA Tour Latino America. Could be a huge weekend for him. Also a member of Bayview Golf and Country Club. So it uh-huh. could be a big weekend yeah, for Russell. Uh, all right, the uh, Champions Tour is uh, was rained out yesterday, so they're making up some time. They're already on the golf course uh, today with the Insperity Invitational mm-hmm. at the Woodlands in Texas. Tim Petrovic uh, is at three under par, as is Ken Tanagawa. Uh, and Stephen Ames, quite a story. Stephen Ames has birdied half the holes he's played. Wow. What a tournament. Now, he's only threw two holes, and he made a birdie on the first. There you go. One for two. That's it. So there you go. That's <laughs> it from the Champions Tour. <laughs> Anything else? I think that's all we got leaderboard-wise. I will mention all as right. well, uh, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. This week, we are giving away an M5 Fairway Wood. Wow. M5, that's nice. 
And Bob, the only way you can the only win way the you can win is to sign up for uh, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, it's Golf Talk Canada. It's that Golf easy. Talk Canada. It's very easy. If yeah. you are already following us, you are already in the draw, and uh, we will make the announcement of who wins that. Um, Fairwood on Golf Talk Canada on, television, yeah, which which airs went this Wednesday. Yeah. So and then the following week, I should mention as well, we are giving away a P- the the same staff bag that all Taylor Made players are carrying or their caddies are carrying at the PGA <laughs> Championship. Really? Nice. Yes. Well, yeah. A and and a, a special commemorative head cover as well. That's cool. Yeah. A good prize there. Uh, I just wanted to make a shout out. I had a chance mm-hmm. to um, be up at the Ontario Golf yeah. Hall of Fame, Golf Ontario's. Uh, was hosting up at uh, Wooden Sticks, as they traditionally do. Now, it was supposed to be a golf day, but it was rainy, cold. I think it was five degrees and raining. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there were a few hardy people who went out and golf. We did not. And the induction uh, of, uh, of Judith Karinis, who is an absolute superstar in senior women's golf. Uh, Deborah Lee Eldridge, who was a uh, very well-known amateur and uh, professional for a little while as well. She's back actually in the game after raising a family. She's teaching now, which was great to see her. And Richard Scott. I forgot about Richard Scott. Richard's now living at Sea Island. He works for uh, Sea Island down in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Three-time Canadian amateur champion, and he also played, uh, played golf down at Georgia and won an NCAA championship along with the likes of uh, Kisner and Chris Kirk there and you some go. those guys, I think, who are on his team. He's uh, working in the golf business now after trying to make it as a pro. He decided he would have a little more fun doing it this way. And our good pal Scott Metcalf, mm-hmm. who uh, co-hosts a radio show on the other network, uh, was the winner of the Lauren Rubenstein Award uh, for media. And yep. uh, a nicer man you will not find than mm-hmm. Scott Metcalf. And a guy who loves golf more you will not find. He told a great story about uh, how he's learning how to play golf growing up in Perry Sound. And his dad said uh, he was going to take him fishing. And he, the first cast he threw, uh, he let go of the rod. Oh, and the no. rod went in and sank to the bottom. He, and his dad said, okay, let's go play golf. <laughs> <laughs> that that's when you know to try golf. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's right. That's awesome. All right. Well, I hope uh, hopefully you enjoy the uh, good weather that is coming on yes. Sunday and on Monday. And you can get out there and play some golf. Golf season has started uh, in this part of the country. I know in other parts of the where the people are listening, it's uh, it's uh, been on for a while, but it's certainly here right now in Southwestern. We are ready to rock for golf season. I hope you have a wonderful time on the golf course the next time you play. Thanks mm-hmm. for listening Thank today. You. Talk to you next week. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.com.